Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio. We say hi to Jeremiah Searles, favorite Husker and NFLer at uh, Searles71 underscore HSKR. Searles, you are back from Champaign and... Some uh, NFL travels, brother. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah, super fun to go call the game for the color commentating there for Champagne. Get a win. That's my first road win with the network uh, since ever. And <laughs> then a chance to go out to Cincinnati and watch the Bengals beat up on the Seahawks. Watch to see my client take him out to dinner. And yeah, man, things have things have been good. I'm waiting for this damn farmer to cut the corn out of my field so I can go hunt some deer and all that fun stuff. You will go get Bambi or you'll try anyway. I'll do my best. You, uh, you were able to uh, to see Nebraska get a win and I want to go back to Friday night and your your eyes say what about this football team beyond the, the goal line stand, beyond the, the fumbles? What have you noticed about them under rule? The biggest thing is just how hard they play. You know, that's one thing for me, the defense specifically, they're playing with their hair on fire and they responded really well to getting punched in the face against Michigan. You know, I think a lot of teams after the the whooping that they took at home against Michigan could have went in the tank and the way they responded and went out and fought and found a way to win a game instead of for so many years, how many times have we sat on the show and man, the Huskers found a way to lose, right? And it wasn't pretty. It wasn't how you wanted it to look, but they went out and played hard and they found a way to put a game away in the fourth quarter on the road. And that for me is a huge sign of steps in the right direction of this program. It's Jeremiah Searles with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Searles, we've seen a couple of pregame speeches now from Matt Roll. We talked about the Illinois pregame speech yesterday here on this show. And a consistent theme in those pregame speeches has been going out on the football field ready to die. And it's kind of a, a two-part question here. First, if you're in that locker room, how do you respond to a speech like that? Is there something to hearing a speech like that pregame and actually, you know, you know, I'm going to go lay it online. And two, have you seen a team that's gone out in that field and played like they're ready to die? You know, it's hard for me because I have to put myself back in 19, 20 year old Jeremiah's skin and hear that speech instead of the 28, 29-year-old NFL player that if an NFL coach said that to us, we'd be like, shut up, stop, no. <laughs> but like, I think as a young player, instilling that type of mentality in your program of there is nothing else, right? And I think it's like one thing to go out there and be like, hey, we die, we die, like the old Kyle Drogo or whatever his name was. But the idea of like, there's nothing else like this, and there's not. There's nothing else in the world like going out there and playing college football. Even the NFL, it's not the same. 
and to have the embodiment of the idea of what else would you rather be doing? Like, I'd rather be dead than doing this, than not doing this. So let's go out and do it and lay everything I have for these 60 minutes because you never know when it's your last time and you never know when you're going to do this again. And for a lot of you, this is one of 12 last opportunities to go out and play college football. That's more the message that I get when I sit there and I listen to that instead of like the physical die, right? But it's more along the lines of just like, there's nothing that's gonna ever compare to this in life again with the competitiveness. So lay everything you have out there to where if if tomorrow you died, you'd be happy with the fact of what you put out on that field. Mm. Jeremiah Searles with us. Searles, how big was motivation for you being motivated? uh, How much button pushing did you need? Did your teammates need? You know, everyone's different. You know, I think everyone's different as far as there's guys that need a lot of that kind of cattle prod of get going and moving. And then there's other guys that that actually backfires on. You know, there's some guys that are so internally motivated and have their own things that if you start trying to rile them up, it actually makes them play worse because then they start playing and letting emotion control them instead of controlling their emotion. And so for me, I was never a big rah-rah guy. You know, I'd like to get going and I'd show some emotion, but I always knew that if I started letting my emotions run Robshaw over me, like I played out of control, I'd not stay in my technique, I'd start lunging, I'd start reaching and, and not trusting what I was doing from a technical standpoint. And, you know, I think it's a lot easier for a defensive player to get raw rod and go and build off it because they're just blind dogs in the meat house, man. Just see ball, sick ball, run around, do whatever you want. But as an offensive guy, you got to stay controlled. You got to stay in the moment. You have to stay focused. And, you know, so I think a lot more is why you see a lot more of the defensive guys hooting and hollering and running around because they can just let their emotions go crazy. Searles, how did you personally keep your emotions in check? And I guess as a follow-up to that as well, how do coaches keep emotions in check, knowing how each of your players operate? Because I'm sure that's something a coach at some point in time Mm -hmm. has noticed. Hey, you know what? Searles doesn't play as well whenever he's getting emotional on the football field. How How does those two work in tandem? A, a player keeping their own emotions in check and knowing that about themselves, and then B, a coach knowing how their player best operates. Yeah, first of all, you have to be self aware and you have to be willing if someone approaches you and says something like that, not to fly off the handle and let your emotions rule yourself, right? It's a pretty tall tale sign if someone comes up to you and they're like, hey man, your emotions get going and you know, you kind of play out of control and you're like, the hell they do, right? Like you start freaking out. <laughs> but you know, it for me it was in high school. I learned it I learned it in high school where, you know, I had a coach, Coach Thanell, that he told me like I got a personal foul, a penalty. And it was a BS call, and I was super upset, and I started just playing mad and angry and trying to hurt everyone and fight. And, you know, I played poorly, right, between the whistles. I played poorly between the whistles. And he was really the first one that kind of approached me and was like, hey, you have to find a way to channel that in a better light. And then you get to the end, you get to the college level and you have to do it the same way but now you have to do it on a practice field because you're trying to earn reps then you get to the nfl and you have to do it even different because you can't fight you can't hurt people in practice there has to be that controlled rage and if you let your technique spill at all then it doesn't work you know so a lot of it is your your teammates and understanding your teammates and being able to have the confidence to go to them and know that they'll be receptive of what you say and having that trust in them and then also just through reps Right, just reps of understanding when do I let my emotion go and push myself to the brink and when do I really need to dial it back because it's starting to get out of control. Along those same lines, Searles, Ben Scott has gotten a couple personal foul calls this year, mm-hmm. both pretty much the same reason, uh, blocking a guy too long after the whistle. And I want to get your thoughts. You were there in Champaign, you saw it, and I think you saw it on TV as well for that Northern Illinois game. 
what's your take on Ben Scott and the after the, the whistle fouls? Because on one hand, I see it as, man, that's the, a mentality this Husker offensive line has lacked, that mean streak, that nasty. But on the other hand, it's also hurting the football team, and it's a guy that might be letting his emotions get the best of him. What are you seeing there? Yeah, I think it's. I think you're you're right on. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a guy that wants to be physical and finish and set that tone. But you have to know the second it starts hurting the football team, it's not worth it, right? And Cam Jurgens had a little bit of this issue too. Of you want to finish a dude in the dirt, but if you have him on his heels and that whistle blows, and you want to take him the next three steps, and it's not one step, you just have to be smart, right? Because it's never worth the cool pancake or the cool knockout block if that yellow flag comes out and a huge play now is second and 25 because it's a 15-yard penalty, right? So I love the aggressiveness. I love the ability of what he does. He just needs to understand when to control his emotions, and there's a time and a place for that, and you just have to pick and choose. Jeremiah Searles with this couple minutes, Hale Varsity Radio. I want to go back to, to getting you out of control. <laughs> who pissed you off most, either at Nebraska or in the NFL? Who, who, who took you to that edge of, of losing your, your emotional cool? Yeah, I'll never say I didn't lose my emotional cool because there was plenty of times that I did. Um, a guy in Buffalo, uh, Shaq Lawson. Okay. First round, pick, first round pick out of Clemson. Him and I got into it weekly, I would say. Um, because I was a guy that was an undrafted guy, felt that chip on my shoulder, and so I always went hard, right? Like, I never felt like I was a guy that could take a playoff because I was always afraid of getting cut. And guys that are starters when you're a practice squad player sometimes don't love that. And so him and I used to get into it on Friday practices usually was the practice that we'd get into it on because he'd want to be chilling going through, and I'd punch the soul out of him, or I'd do something with <laughs> like in between, and then it'd escalate, and I'd kind of lose my cool. Um, and then at Nebraska, it was Jack freaking Ganguish. Really? That kid, because was, he was young. He was young when I was an older guy. And he practiced so hard, and he was such a meathead that, like, you know, it, he'd just be running into you time and time again. And you'd be like, bro, it is week 11. I can't walk. I don't feel my fingers. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just, <laughs> just geared foaming at the mouth, right? And it's why he turned into such a great player. And I have a lot of respect because he made me better throughout the week. But there was a few times that we all lost it on him. And the great part about our line was like, if one fought, we all fought, <laughs> right? So if he got into it with me, is Spencer and Cole and Soon and whoever. And if he got into it with Brent, we're all running over there stomping on him, like just doing whatever you got to do. But yeah, Gangwish was definitely that guy. I love that. Searles is with us here on Hale Varsity. Nebraska Northwestern, how you feeling about Saturday? Yeah, you know, I feel pretty good about this. You know, I watched Northwestern. Obviously, I watched a ton of college tape. And this team is very Jekyll and Hyde, in my opinion. You don't know which team you're going to get. Is it the one that came out and punched and went toe-to-toe? with Penn State for two quarters, or is it the one that almost found a way to lose to Howard? Right, You just don't know. Now, if this backup quarterback plays, I pray for him because I think Tony White is going to dial up everything and anything to come after him because when Howard got to him, he was throwing up 500 Christmas packages back to those back ends. So I feel good about where Nebraska's at. I think that coming out and naming Harburg the starter put some questions to met, like to bed. And we don't have to worry and focus on that. And we can focus strictly on football. And if we can come out and take care of the football, have a zero turnover game, I do think Northwestern's going to give us a few, whether putting it on the ground or interceptions. I think Nebraska, this could be a, a springboard coming off the heels of Illinois into the back half of the season.
So there's going to be a lot of pressure on the offensive line in the, the final six games. That's Nebraska's identity. It's still running the football, and they've been getting better there, it feels like, as the year has gone on. I want to get your thoughts on the offensive line here and what the next step would be against Northwestern. Yeah, first things, they got to clean up the pre-snap penalties. You know, the unforced errors, I call them. In a game, you're going to have a hold or you're going to have a, a chop block or things are going to happen throughout the course of the game that you get penalties, but the jumping off sides, the not knowing where the line up or those type of things, the mental errors, those need to get cleaned up for sure. But I agree with you. I think the O-line has played better and better each week. I throw Michigan out of the window when I talk about these equations. You can't even really put them in for evaluation purposes. But I thought Bryce Benhart has been playing very well. I think he's come a long way. You know, Ben Scott's been a super nice addition. Piper's been flashy. You know, Turner obviously is, in my opinion, the guy that needs to pick it up at the left tackle position, but that is an extremely hard position to play. I'm not going to say it is because I played it. It's very difficult, you know, but overall, if we can continue to run the football like we did early on in Illinois and create lanes, I like where this offensive line is going. I hope over the bye week they were able to find what identity they want to really press into as they go into the back half of the year here. Does it feel like 10 years since the Hail Mary? Yes, it does. I mean, it feels – I keep getting all these, like, flashbacks, remembrance of, like, man, the last time Nebraska played Northwestern, I look back and I'm like, gosh, if I could go back and tell you a few things right now, we'd make a lot more money. But, you know, for <laughs> me, it's just – it's crazy to look back and see those moments and remember the rivalry that this game is. And it's weird to say, but, I mean, when I played in the Big Ten, we were, I think, one and two against them. But they always fought us so hard, and it was Why? always down to the wire. I don't know. And I think a lot of it goes back to the fact, and I said this on the podcast I do on the network, Nebraska is better on paper than Northwestern. But Northwestern is used to that being the case every single week. And they've still found ways to win every single year. right? And so if you overlook them at all, or you don't give them the respect that they're given, or you just kind of think we're better because we are, they know how to win football games using smarts and using their skill set using the clock all those things are extremely good at the intangible sides of off the field stuff and i think that's why they're able to keep themselves in so many football games is northwestern a, a wild animal that's been backed into a corner Searles? a little bit based off of and i don't think it's because of win laws i think a lot of it's because of the fitzgerald stuff mm -hmm. you know i think that's a team that loved their coach and loved and fought for them and to have him kind of taken out of there and the process in which that went, I think it galvanized that team a little bit. You know, they've already won more games than they did last year, and I think they're a worse football team than they were last year, in my opinion. But, you know, I think that that was kind of the linchpin that they needed to really pull themselves together, and they're playing for each other. They're playing for that uh, interim head coach, and they're just, at times, playing decent football. Did you guys overlook them? I don't think we overlooked them. I just think that they always came out and played their best football against us. Right, I mean, they were always. I mean, Kane Coulter all of a sudden took the entire college football by storm that first game when he beat us in 2011, right? And then we go up there and we fall behind because of some turnovers, and we have to fight our way and claw our way back into that game, you know. And then obviously a hail mary there at the end, you know. They just always seem to have a really good game plan on how they wanted to stop us and what they wanted to do. And I don't think we ever overlooked them, but they just always seem to play really well against us. Searles, last thought, let's talk Harburg, uh, his future the rest of this season. Is, is that viable to, to run him as much? And do you see his ceiling uh, being reachable as a, as a passer? Yeah, you know, he's still young, developing as a passer. I think 
anytime you're going to have a heavy running quarterback, he's going to get hurt eventually. It's just, it's not realistic to think he's not, you know, but I will say this, I gained a lot of respect. I have a lot of respect, but I gained even more for coach rule coming out and announcing him as the starter because it sends a message to the entire team that I don't care if I bring someone in, like I brought Jeff Sims in. If I have a guy that's winning games and I think he gives our team the best chance to win, he's going to play. And that's a message that resonates from every position group down, everyone from a senior to a freshman, everyone in that program now knows that there is no the guy that, oh, that's Coach Rule's guy or that's his golden boy or whatever it is. Rule's about winning football games and winning football games only. And he made that very clear, naming Harburg the starter. And I'm excited for what that young man can go do. Jeremiah Searles with us here. Hail Varsity Radio at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Searles, we'll talk again, bud. Thank you. Absolutely appreciate you guys. Go Big Red. Good stuff from Searles. We'll spend some time with Evan Bland and a jock doc still to come. Special guest to announce for tomorrow. How about John Baylor to talk volleyball? 